Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast on this Monday, April 12th. I hope you all had a great weekend. If you have a traditional weekend where you don't work or anything like that, I mean, I know that the traditional week schedule of a Monday through Friday is not one that I ever really was a part of before I started doing the work that I do now. I always worked on non-traditional days And I always find it interesting, the concept of a weekend, weekends where there is this set time where we have to, where most people, that's their time off. And it never correlated with my time off. And uh, it did, it did for, for quite a bit during COVID, but it actually has recently stopped correlating with my time off. So I have just started, I picked up some work in a bar on Friday and Saturday nights. And I started doing this, well, first of all, I started doing this, I don't really need the money, but I started doing it because I have missed the connection with other humans. I am 100% a person that very much values connection with other human beings. I I love it above all other things. And I started working in this bar because I missed having those those intimacies. You know, when you when I do coaching, that is a job that involves quite a bit of intimacy and conversation and we really do go deep. You know, we dig deep into our lives and we talk about the reasons for, we, we, we help to uncover the things that are going on in life that, you know, can, can move people forward and, and get them unstuck. But that does take time and it takes time to develop those relationships and a bar, a bar is something else. A bar is a place where it almost is like you skip that part. And the intimacies exist at the outset. And people come into bars for that conversation. They come into bars, not necessarily for, for coaching. That's a, whole other, that's a whole other ball of wax. But people come into bars for conversation. They, they don't come into bars because they want to be ignored they come into bars because they want to feel a sense of belonging and after the year of 2020 it seems like there has been a lack of belonging in in my life in in some areas I have fostered many meaningful relationships in online communities which have been such an important part of my life but that 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 community 
And that space of just connection in the physical world has been missing since 2020. And since I'm fully vaccinated, Moderna, yeah, I did get the Moderna flu for a whole day. It's totally fine. And by the way, if you're one of those weirdos that happened to tune in thinking that the government's tracking us, I promise you, they have no idea even who they're sticking that needle in when they stick you. So believe me, just go get your shot if you haven't got it already. This has not been a PSA for Moderna. (laughs) But anyway, I am a fully vaccinated human being. um, And I thought, well, 95% effective. I think that I can... I think I can take a chance on the other 5% and get back to work. And so I'm working a couple, two days a week in a bar on Fridays and Saturday nights. It's wonderful. And um, my mother, I don't think, is too happy about it because she thinks about things in terms of, well, if you're doing this, then it must mean something. Like, and this is kind of my segue because I always try to neatly segue into the topic of the podcast and this is the way that I'm I'm trying to segue into this one. She believes that something has to have a definitive meaning when you do it. So it needs to have for her a purpose. So I'll give you an example. When I started my business, well this isn't actually when I started my business. It was when I came up with the idea for my business. And when I came up for the with the idea for my business, it was okay, so I started last November. It was the February. It was it was a year ago, February. And I had a very broad idea of what I wanted my business to be. I had the branding, I had the name, I had the idea, I had I had all of that laid out, but I didn't have all of the pieces in place. Like this podcast was not even a thought when I came up with the idea for my business. So I had I didn't know what I was doing. I just had an idea. And I was very excited about the idea. And I remember telling her about the idea and she just responded with, okay. And had no idea what to say to me. Pissed me the fuck off. I was so angry. But for her, that's not the way that she thinks about things. She thinks, okay, so what does this mean? And I was taught throughout my life to think about things that way. Well, what does this mean? And I was taught in my life, not just by her, but by people that I knew, people from college, people from, you know, people in my social circle, older people, younger people, American society, you know, the, the whole broader collective, the, the mass majority taught me to think about things as, well, what does this mean? Well, is this the big thing, the big thing that's going to happen for you to make you whatever the hell you want to be? Like, is this the big thing that's going to lead to some great job for you? Or is this the big moment where, and, you know, I'm going to tell you what, the big thing, and this is what I wrote about my blog this week, the big thing that you're waiting for does not fucking exist. It's not a thing. It's fake. It's not real. The thing that ends up being the big thing usually is something very small. So I'm going to tell you this story. I, with my former job, went to the Middle East to open a restaurant. 
that happened at the end of 2019. So in the middle of 2019, here's pre- pretty much the middle laid out, my life was in complete career stagnancy. So I, I knew what I was good at. I was a, you know, I knew that I was very good at shifting mindsets and getting healthy. And I knew that I was a voyeur of society, you know, the sociology aspect. And I, I knew that I was a, an effective communicator and storyteller. And I, I knew all of those things. And I knew that I really was a, a big, I cared a lot about well-being. But my career was, you know, I didn't know how to take all of those things and, and apply them to make a career. I mean, obviously, I've since figured it out. But at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was still working in the restaurant and there was this opportunity that arose to go to the Middle East to open a restaurant and I'll tell you, like, full disclosure, I was crushing so hard on this guy that I knew that was going. I mean, I just, I, I, idiocy. <laughs> Complete idiocy. Horny woman. I was like, oh, this guy, I really like him. You know, let's, let, let's, this is a great opportunity. I've always wanted to go to the Middle East. You know, two birds, one stone. Let's see if we can make this happen. Well, yeah, long story short, let, let me tell you what. If, there are, if there's anyone listening to this and thinks that that is a gesture, like the grand gesture of chasing someone to the other side of the world is going to make that person be interested in you, I will t- I'm going to tell you that actually the opposite happens. Um, it's creepy. So if any of you are trying to draw inspiration from this podcast, that is the one part I don't want you to draw inspiration from. <laughs> but anyway, everything else was fine. Um, grand opportunity. I was so excited. I mean, again, like I, I love studying society and I have always wanted to go to the Middle East. I couldn't think of another opportunity where I was going to be able to go. I didn't have the money at the time. I mean, now I have the money, but we're in a pandemic. But I was thinking, and I knew I wasn't going to go on my own. I knew that I didn't have the people in my life that I would feel comfortable traveling to that part of the world with. And it was my first time going to that part of the world. So I wanted to be with people that had been before and I wanted to be in in a situation where I was going for a purpose. I didn't just want to be a person that was going to look at things. I wanted to go with a specific purpose in mind and be able to really immerse myself in, in the culture and learn. And I thought that it was a grand learning opportunity. So by the power of manifestation, um, it, it happened for me. I said the right things to the right people at the right time. I have tremendous gratitude for all of those people that helped make it happen. I It was wonderful. But I really remember thinking before that that I needed to give my life a good shake. So if you've been on my website and you see that I have a little checkbox section where you can tell me what you're interested in doing, which which helps me because I would love to know what my subscribers are, are interested in and who they are and how they're feeling and what's bugging them and things like that. Give My Life a Good Shake is one of the one of the selections because that's what I wanted to do. And I hadn't done anything in so long. I mean, I, yeah, I was traveling and running and doing all the things I loved. But career-wise, I had done nothing. So this was like the, okay, let's just shake my life up. Let's see how much we can shake it. Let's just, let's, so I put on a great interviewing face, got a spot on that team. And um, I thought, okay, so maybe this is going to be the big thing. Like the big thing that is going to happen for me that is going to lead to something big. Of course, I didn't really know. I didn't really know 
if how it could lead to something big because I didn't really want a career in restaurants like I, but I I thought you know maybe maybe I'll meet someone who's got a lot of money that'll give me a job but like it was always that that was the the narrative that was taught to me from my mother well is this gonna lead you to a job like is someone gonna give you a job is the this person gonna give you a job is that wealthy person gonna give you a job like that was I heard it my whole life who's gonna give you a job Andrea well who's gonna give you a job like who, who the fuck I don't I, I don't I don't want a job like I don't I I'm I'm very happy that I gave myself a job but that was what I was thinking when I was going into it I was like okay I'm I'm going into this maybe this will lead to a job maybe this will be the thing that leads to a job well it was very it was something I like I'd never experienced first of all it was it was great. The experience itself was great and I was absolutely the right person for the job. I mean, I remember walking into that restaurant looking at this tiny area to that I was I was going to build a non-alcoholic bar out of basically a kitchen countertop. I remember one of the first things I said was, I need electric on this wall. Like it was it was just taking charge of the situation with ultimate authority and just being in solutions mode the entire time and it was wonderful. And the cultural piece was wonderful. And I roomed with a woman who had been in the country before and she had taught, she was, she just taught me so much about it. So the learning aspect was wonderful. But I found myself there and and I described it this way in my blog. It was so, it was in such conflict with who I was as a person. I mean, here I am, this woman, I consider myself a sociologist. I have a degree from an Ivy League school. Like, I am an intellectual. I am a voyeur of humanity. I am all of these great things. And here I am, wearing this t-shirt. I'm in the richest country in the world, wearing an ugly t-shirt, doing the fucking chicken dance. Like, the the head trainer of this team was a rah-rah sort of person, loved icebreaker activities, loved to sing and dance, and here we are doing the chicken dance. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I doing the chicken dance? <laughs> like, this is so, like, my website is get the fuck off. Like, you know my personality. Does that seem like a person that would want to do the chicken dance? It was not. It was not. That was not me. And I and I was thinking, oh my God. I fucking was chasing dick to the other side of the world. Now I'm fucking doing the chicken dance. And I missed the fucking New York City Marathon. I had worked the whole previous year to get guaranteed entry to the New York City Marathon. I did the 9 plus 1 program, you know, because the previous year, before the year before that, I didn't get in the lottery. And, and then I played the lottery again and didn't get it. So I was doing 9 plus 1. I mean, that was the year that I really became a runner. That was the year that I got healthy, quit smoking, lost all the weight, ran my first 26.2, 2018. I worked so hard in 2018. And I was so excited that in 2019 I was going to be able to run the New York City Marathon. I gave up my guaranteed entry. And... I was so mad at myself. I was like, Andy, what the fuck? Yes, the the experience was worth its weight in gold. I am so, so, so grateful that I got to have that experience. But the person that I was in the, in the middle of that experience was not the person that I saw myself as. I, I was almost like it was an out-of-body experience where I was looking at myself thinking, God, who are you? 
who are you right now? Like, and I, I wanted to be happy with who I was, but I was like, I see myself as this other person, a thought leader. And this is not, you're not a thought leader right now, Andy. Like, that's not, that's not who you are. So it, it really, it hit me. It hit me and, it, you know, it was weighing on me. And then one day we were given this beautiful, the owner of uh, the restaurant, because um, it was a, we, it was a corporation, but the out-of-the-country restaurants were franchised. And the owner of the franchise, he's a wonderful man. I mean, real, a wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, lives here in the United States. Um and he's just an absolutely wonderful man. And he organized for us the most beautiful day. We rode camels in the desert. Um, and then, you know, we, we had other activities during the day that we did. And then at night, we took a ri- riverboat cruise. And it was beautiful. I mean, there was music. And you could see Doha in the background. And it was just, it was the most spectacular day. One of the most beautiful days probably in my whole life I can think of 10 moments of of days that existed where I where I want to go back and relive that day and that was one of those days on the way to the desert in the morning I had got to talking to one of the I call them the alphas and that would be a man that was my um my immediate superior's superior so he He's a wonderful guy. He's a couple years older than I am, but he really worked his way up in the company and he's and he's brilliant. He's a brilliant man. And we got to talking. And we just got to talking and we bonded over our mutual love of Ayn Rand. And I mean, I'll tell you what, guys. Like you can feel whatever way about that. I think she's a brilliant writer and there's a lot of concepts in her books that really resonate with me. Um the basic fundamentals of taking care of yourself first and foremost in order to be able to be the best service to others is one. Um, another, another um, something as, as a, a woman and an intimate partner and a lover, just being, seeing the, the highest, seeing in your partner the highest regard, like a person that truly values themselves would want to be with somebody that is so accomplished and, and, and all of these things because you see in the person that you are intimate with yourself and, and you choose your partner based on the way that you value yourself. So that's just an aside. I mean, but so I, I love, I love Ayn Rand for a lot of concepts. Um, this doesn't mean I'm some kind of radical conservative. I'm actually very moderate politically, but I did want to put that in as an aside, but I really, we bonded very deeply over, over that particular genre of literature. And we also bonded over our love of Star Trek and we had really great conversations. And then we sat together at lunch and we talked a little bit more. And then that night, you know, when we were we were on that riverboat cruise, we sat down together and he started asking me questions about myself. And I just told him. I told him everything that I was interested in. I told him about all of my education, all of my experiences. I told him about things that I was passionate about in life. And, you know, the recurring theme of it all was that... None of it really involved hospitality. I mean, I do love, you know, interpersonal communication. As I I had said in the beginning of this podcast, I have started working in a bar again two days a week because I've missed that. But 
hospitality, I didn't have a real love for it. Like there wasn't really a love for it. And yeah, after really describing all of this to him, he said to me, why are you working for our company? Like, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, you want to be doing this? He's like, you're how old? Do you want to be doing this physical work, standing on your feet, doing what we used to call breakage, which was bringing out liquor uh, to replace the old liquor and that we used and bringing out beer? And, and, you know, as a 30, at the time, 33-year-old woman, hauling out cases of beer which I don't do at this new job, by the way. But, I mean, at, at the job I was doing, I mean, the amount of physicality of putting away liquor orders and hauling out cases of beer, every day hauling out beer, and, you know, just doing that physical work, getting uh, how much ice every day. I mean, I worked in a, in a giant, giant restaurant. I mean, it was, it was enormous, the magnitude. $22 million a year in sales that store alone so it was it was a physical job and he was he was like do you want to be doing this you know why aren't you doing something that you studied to do that you want to do that you're interested in why are you why are you working for us like I think and so we really we really had a great conversation and he told me about how he got to have the job that he had and how he was working for the company and he quit. He quit his job um, because his son was uh, terminally ill and he decided he wanted to travel the world with his family um, while his son was still alive. And he did. And it was by doing that, by just taking a leap of faith, by taking the leap and just going and traveling the world and, and leaving it up to God, just on his way doing, you know, seeing the world is how he's in the in the position that he's in now and he's somebody that I admire greatly and uh, it was a life-altering conversation and I I'll never forget it I I doubt he will ever hear this podcast uh if he does I'm I'll blush a little but it was a life-altering conversation it was uh, because he he had asked me you know why why are you doing this and I remember saying to him I just can't get out of my own way. And I was thinking about the chicken dance. And I was thinking about all of the things that I'd been doing. And I was thinking, God, I'm in my own way. I've been in my own way for 10 years. I was thinking about all the times that I was in my own way. Not just the chicken dance. I was thinking about, because that was just one, the tip of the iceberg. I was thinking about all the times that I had spent chasing men as opposed to wanting to do something for myself because I thought that a man would make me happy and I was thinking about all the times that I never took other opportunities because they didn't pay enough and I was always waiting for the the quote one big thing and there wasn't really a big thing coming there wasn't and because of that I just stood in my own way even that trip wasn't a big thing the one big thing that actually came of that trip was that 20-minute conversation. There wasn't some magical rich person that gave me a job on that trip. There wasn't, I didn't run into someone that, you know, that trip alone didn't lead to a higher up position with the company. I got to have that conversation on that riverboat with Doha in the background, beautiful music playing. And I got to have a 20-minute conversation with that man changed my whole life. 
um, before we left the country, he gave me a list of books to read. I read them. And he said, Andy, I, I sincerely hope you don't keep working for us. <laughs> Let's just, you have to know him. He was just, I sincerely hope we don't keep working for our company. It was, it was so, it was, it was beautiful. Just a beautiful, beautiful human. And uh, I didn't, I didn't quit. I didn't quit my job. But I did go home and read the books. And it was February when I was still unhappy. And not just in my job. Uh, I was unhappy in my relationships. Still was hanging on to my ex-boyfriend. I mean, there was just all kinds of things happening. This is before COVID. But right before COVID hit. And, you know, because I'm talking about the early part of 2020 at this point. Because the trip was in 2019. And I reached out to a stranger on the internet. And I said, I'm stuck. I, I'm I'm working in this job. I can't stand. I don't know how to get out of it. Um, I don't know how to do this. I have insurmountable debt, like, from my student loans. I don't know how to move forward because every time I look in a direction, it seems like there's these walls. I never, I never would have had the courage to have that conversation had it not been for that conversation on the riverboat because before that I didn't think I was worthy or capable or enough I didn't think that I was able to do the things I wanted to do and every time I went into a conversation with somebody before that conversation I always thought that I had to approach the conversation as hi I'm this per- this but let me justify it And that's how I used to approach people. Like I used to approach people not with confidence about who I was and and what I was qualified to do, but rather I used to approach people with apprehension. And I don't anymore. I don't anymore. I've had a lot of conversations. Um, That person, the stranger that I reached out to on the internet ended up becoming my mentor and one of my very good friends. And you always, you could always use another mentor. And I, and I don't, I've had so many mentors from so many parts of life and there is no one person that knows all the answers to everything but there are a lot of people in a lot of places that know the answers to everything if you just have the courage to talk to them. So this whole podcast has been about the one big thing and I want to tell you guys that there isn't a one big thing. There isn't a one big thing. There's lots of little things. There is no one big thing that's going to lead somewhere. And just because you do a little thing, it doesn't mean that it's bad. I don't consider working in a bar two days a week bad. Yeah, my mother might think differently. She might see it as, oh, you know, you're going to get stuck in this industry. And it's like, I don't think so. I mean, I've already met so many different people that, you know, and have been able to talk about what I do now for a living and you know I've met some people that I think are really interesting and you know they've and it's been just the connection aspect has been really good the bar isn't the one big thing and you know what I'm doing now with my business isn't even the one big thing and all of those conversations and all of these little trips I mean there is no one big thing your life is the one big thing and all the little things you do in your life are just things you do and they all add up I did some, I participated in a study in early pandemic called Living Isolated for a friend of a friend who was doing research and now she's asked me to do research for her to help, to help conduct interviews and things like that, which I never would have had that opportunity if I didn't, you know, go ahead and participate in that study. And 
I enjoyed that study. But that study wasn't the one big thing. And doing these interviews isn't the one big thing. It's just a bunch of little things. All these little things that add up in your life. And your life is the one big thing. They, there's that old, old saying of it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And that's absolutely true. And nobody's an overnight success. It's the, you know, the, the compilation of everything you've done over the last 10 years that makes you successful. It has nothing to do with what happened yesterday. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. So as you're going about, you know, your life and, and looking at things like, oh, well, is it this or that? And driving yourself crazy over it. You know, driving yourself crazy out of weighing out your options. Well, do I leave this job? Well, do I stay at this job? Well, do I do this? Well, do I date this person? Well, I don't do this person. Do I go on this trip? Do I... Knock it off. There isn't, a, there isn't one right answer. It's all the right answer. It's all the right answer. Everything that you say yes to is the right answer. There is no such thing as a wrong answer. Even the 10 years that I said yes to working in hospitality, despite the fact that I didn't particularly like it, that was the right answer. I learned more in that job than I think I've ever learned between getting my bachelor's and my master's degree. I learned, I gained more information, knowledge about people and society in that job than I did in any classroom that I've ever sat in. And I've been taught by some really brilliant motherfuckers. And it was all that, that I learned more from that job. 10 years saying yes for 10. Oh, actually it was, it was 12. It was 12. Um, Saying yes for 12 years was the right answer. Was it the one big thing that led me to the one big thing? No, it was just a part of it. It was a part of the the puzzle. It was part of the whole picture. The whole picture, your life, the one big thing. And those things that you're looking out for were trained to be looking out for these grand opportunities. And if you're always weighing out your options, you are missing out on these very tiny things that end up being the life changers, like that 20-minute conversation I had. When I think about the moments in my life that really altered and shaped how things progressed from A to B, it was never the things that I thought I was looking for. It was always the things that I never expected. Keep that in mind. Don't drive yourself nuts about the decisions that you're making this week, guys. Just go with God, you know. I mean, feel it out and just go. Just go in the direction. Follow your heart. Don't weigh it out. Don't think too much. Don't think too deeply. I mean, you're going to be okay. It's all the right answer. Every time you say yes, it's the right answer. I promise. All right. Well, that's it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for coming back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. You guys can check me out on my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can subscribe to my email list there. I was talking about those check boxes before. So if you guys are looking for content to help you get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you, sign up. You get weekly content from me. It's great. You'll, you'll, I talk about the podcast. I talk about the blog. I give you different opportunities where you can get to know me a little better and I can get to know you a little better. And it's going to be great. So I would love for you guys to subscribe so that I can talk to you more regularly. Or if that is, you know, you can also just email me directly, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. And uh, I, would love to, I would love to chat with you if you are having some trouble in one or more areas that you want to talk it out. I'm here for it. But I will be back next week, guys, with another episode. Until then, take care and be safe. And I will see you really, really soon. Thank you.